Hi, I'm Ann Delisi. And I'm Chef James Regato. And in this episode of Essential Cooking, James and I talk about all the ways you can make your Thanksgiving vegan this year. Every once in a while, Chef James Regato and I just talk to each other. Well, actually, I ask him a lot of questions, and I have a lot of questions about Thanksgiving. And we've talked about a traditional Thanksgiving dinner in the past, but I thought we would change it up a little bit and talk about vegan Thanksgiving. Um, because I think there's more and more people who are eating vegan and they shouldn't be on the sidelines eating a salad (laughs) on Thanksgiving. And that we should remind people that it is possible to make vegan, quote unquote, Thanksgiving that is good and satisfying for everyone. It's true. I think it's probably the most difficult week of the year to be a vegan because a lot of vegans are going home to their families. A lot of vegans are first generation vegans or their families don't always uh, provide a full meal for them or know how to or make one that's delicious. I mean, I think most American Thanksgiving dinners are barely delicious in the first place, so chances are they're not making their (laughs) vegan contributions delicious. (laughs) You think? So, you know, at the restaurant, we go vegan in August for the whole month to celebrate the beautiful, you know, uh, produce of Michigan. And then about a week in the spring, just for cabin fever, and then we'll do, uh, actually this year we're doing vegan Thanksgiving um, what made you decide to do vegan Thanksgiving? You know, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a tough time to be uh, a vegan. And I eat vegan a lot. I always say everyone's vegan. And then some people stop there and some people add in dairy or eggs or all the way up to, to eating animals. But almost everyone you know enjoys fruit or eats potatoes or eats olive oil, drinks wine. So, you know, all some, some of the best things in the world are vegan. I mean, we're all, we all live off of mother nature and, and, and eat plant-based. So I don't find it to be limiting to be vegan. I think there's thousands of grains and you know nuts and seeds and fruits and vegetables that we can eat. So Thanksgiving to me is the intersection of autumn and, and winter. And it's kind of like some things have already been preserved. Some fruits have already been dried. Some, you know, vegetables have been cellared. So, you, you know, it's, I mean, it's late November, it's winter. You're going into winter, you know, winter, it might be snowing on that day. So it's kind of like uh, enjoying the end of the season as you get ready for winter. It's not about turkey to me. It never has been. I don't, I think it's like the last thing I care about. In fact, this year we're not even doing, we're doing Thanksgiving at my house. I'm not, I told everyone, that's not gonna be Thanksgiving. I'm gonna make Italian food. But I love- As any good Italian should. Yeah, exactly. You know, (laughs) like, you know, Italian, you know, rapini everywhere. But to me, this week is very special because the vegans um, want to dine. They want to. They want to celebrate the same things that we do. They just maybe don't want to eat, you know, dairy and turkey and, mm-hmm. and you know. And when I say vegans, like everyone's vegan for a different reason. You know, every, like when we do a vegan month, we feed probably six hundred different people a week, so it's twenty four hundred people coming through the door. And I always tell my staff, like some vegans are you know, battling cancer. Some are lifestyle choices where they don't want to be involved in any of the harming of animals. Some people are, you know, trying to heal their gut or lose weight or gastric bypass or had a heart attack. Um, Sometimes it's a very intimate choice. Sometimes it's just like, hey, I'm just trying to lose weight. My doctor told me to go, you know, sometimes it's very casual. Sometimes it's very personal. So it's the most um, intense group of people to cook for, for a month uh, in a tasting menu in a restaurant that doesn't always do it. So, I find the challenge rewarding. Um, my staff does as well. And I think that we're almost always enjoy, we almost are always gratified because 
we put a lot of effort into it. Whereas a lot of restaurants, vegan food, it's changing. But you know, typical restaurants is like, here's your one vegan entree. I hope you like fried rice because that's all we're giving you. Right. So, you know, we lean into it the complete opposite way and and make it all about the vegans for the month. So, you know, a couple dishes that we're gonna do, you know, for instance, because like, you know, we've talked before, Anne. You said, you know, well, how do you replace the turkey? To me, the way that we eat in the Midwest in America is not really the way the rest of the world eats. Right. You know, soup, salad, large protein. That's not really, that's not real. I mean, it's, it's, that's kind of like post-World War II, you know, structure of shipping food and restaurant culture. It's not really how the world eats. It's not how Asia eats, not South America. It's not really what we, you know, it's not sustainable. So to me, it's more about multiple plates. It's like, think about what you see at like Korean barbecue, banchan, like, you know, multiple dishes, pickled vegetables, textures, layers, breads, you know, spreads. It's, uh, it's a lot of, it's an abundance of ingredients spread out in front of you. That's a bounty, right? That's a cornucopia of food. So that's what I would try to recreate with a vegan Thanksgiving, not a tofurkey or, you know, uh, some kind of fake right. meat items. So... You know, we're going to, I'm going to do a honey crisp apple salad with sage and like a warm sherry vinaigrette, uh, sweet corn fritters, you know, cornmeal, uh, is obviously plentiful in Michigan. We do a right. lot of cornmeal and cornmeal is cool because you can make a fritter or a cornbread or a, you know, hush puppy without the, the, the use of anything else. I mean, cornmeal itself will become a nice texture for frying. We're going to do a, of course, a squash soup. The, the variety of squash right now is so exciting. I love honey nut. I love butternut. I love kabocha, um, acorn squash. Acorn squash is one of my favorites because it's so easy to handle. It's get, you just cut it once in the middle and scoop out the seeds and you roast it with the flesh side down and the skin usually slips right off. If you're looking for a easy labor squash, you can't beat the acorn. Flavor, honey nut and kabocha are probably at the top. Um, a squash soup with a cranberry mustarda. We're gonna do a smoky mac and cheese. Um, with some greens. Now, mac and cheese is definitely vegan. If you use a vegan cheese, we're going to use Veal Life. That's a company that's doing some really impressive um, store-bought cheeses. Now, for years, I would never buy fake vegan cheese because I thought it was terrible. And what I don't need, I don't miss cooking with cheese if I'm thinking about vegetables. But it's basically potato and like rice flour and different you know plant-based substances that make a really delicious. Uh, cheese products. So I, I recommend Veal Life cheeses only. I'm sure there's other fine ones out there. I don't know about them. You know, buy them at your own will. Greens, you know, I like to do a Southern style green, like a collard green. And instead of bacon or ham hocks or smoked turkey, I would use chipotle, smoked paprika, and vinegar, a little sugar, salt. Make sure you're using beet sugar because cane sugar uses, uh, I believe they use bone in some capacity. I think they they like, I got, I, I'm not in front of this, you know, the internet to, to Google this, but you can do a little research yourself. Cane sugar will sometimes use, I believe it's bones in the process. So not all cane sugar is vegan. You know who taught me that? Customers coming in and being like, it's better not be cane sugar. And it wasn't, but I was like, why? And they're like, oh, okay. I'm not, Michigan wow. has a lot of beet sugar, so it's not right. hard for us. But I, I learned. Um, charred carrots with a pea stew, which is like a, kind of pesto, like a nut and herb kind of paste. And then we're gonna do a green bean casserole, but more inverted where it's focusing on the mushroom element. We'll use maitakis. We'll do a nice uh, you know, ragu probably with um, coconut milk or oat milk. So 
just that alone, you know, the things like that I think about with fall, you know, Honeycrisp apples, sage, hazelnuts, corn, squash, cranberries, collard greens, carrots, maitakis. Like these are the things that make me feel like fall or, or, or Thanksgiving. It's not the turkey. It's not, you know, the, the bacon. So something quite different. Let's go down the list of how to make some of the traditional stuff vegan. Sure. Mashed potatoes. What do we do? So mashed potatoes, to me, are best when made with buttermilk. So if you're going to recreate the buttermilk, I like to use coconut milk thinned out with oat milk so it's not too coconutty, and then adding apple cider vinegar or lemon juice to create that tang effect. So you want to get the viscosity of buttermilk because I think that's what will suspend the potatoes nicely. And sometimes a little hack too is tofu. I am a fan of tofu. So if you are a vegan that loves tofu, I'm with you. If you're soy free, then you know disregard this information. But if you puree silk and tofu like in a blender, it becomes almost like a like a like like a mayonnaise type quality or mm -hmm. a sour cream consistency. So if you have a something like oat milk, which is too thin, you can whisk in whipped tofu and it'll give it body. So if you're trying to make like a ranch dressing or something. You know, tofu is a great thickener or, uh, or you know, it'll give it creamy body too, depending on what you're looking for. If you're trying to make something too thick, creamy, you can add whipped tofu. If you're trying to make something too thin, more body and viscosity, you can add whipped tofu. So whipped tofu is a nice kind of neutral flavored tool to, to mess with your sauces and consistencies. So in a mashed potato, let's say you're like, I hate coconut, well then get an oat milk or an almond milk. Um, I like the oat milk pretty neutral and uh, just, you know, eco-friendly. Mm -hmm. And then um, add whipped tofu and apple cider vinegar and you'll get a nice buttermilk flavor. Prepared horseradish is also great to add to whipped potatoes. And I always use Idaho potatoes, peel them <laughs> of all their debris on the outside. Give me a clean white potato, chop it up into consistent sized pieces, rinse it well. I want it to go in a pot of clean water. I don't want to see any, you know, starchy floaties. I want it nice and clean, <laughs> salt the water, boil it till it's tender, drain it, put it in a bowl, like in a KitchenAid and whip it, or put it in a pot and you can manually whip it if you're up for the challenge, adding your liquid. Um, and I, I love Tabasco. I'm a big Tabasco guy. It's a nice little pop of heat and acid. Not so much that you taste Tabasco, but just enough to where it kind of brings it a little bit of excitement. Sitting to in it. the background there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then I, you know, don't be, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're a fan of margarine, you can always add a whack of margarine too, because a lot of margarines are, have that flavoring mm -hmm. that's kind of tastes like butter. Some vegans out there are like, they just don't want to harm animals. Other than that, they'll like, they smoke cigarettes. They'll do like weird <laughs> recreational drugs. Like some people are like not for their bodies. They're for the it's animals. It's about the animals. Yep. So, so hey, like I, I, I support all, you know, all dietary restrictions, do whatever you got to do. Um, but some people, if you're, if you're trying to be healthy, um, Skip the margarine, but if you just really want to make vegan potatoes that taste like mashed potatoes, I would add you can add margarine. All right. So what about the gravy to put on the mash? Those lovely mashed potatoes you just made. So gravy, um, I would recommend a vegetable broth. Depends on how savvy you are. Some vegan cooks are really talented out there. So if you already have your gravy that you love, good for you. If you have no idea what you're doing, I would buy a vegetable broth, some onions, garlic, and mushrooms, and miso. 
I think miso is going to be your best friend if you're vegan and you're trying to make anything in broth form, right? You want to make, uh, um, you know, some kind of like pho broth or a chicken noodle soup or obviously like pho chicken, you know, like a, like a, like a wild rice soup, anything where you're, you're trying to make a broth, miso is going to be your best friend. As a vegan, uh, you know, when vegan cooking, I feel like miso and tofu are like two of my favorite background tools. Um, so I would saute the onions, garlic, and mushrooms, and I would add uh, the vegetable uh, broth and then a few whacks of, of miso. And if you want to thicken it, sometimes I'll add a diced potato and I will cook it and puree it. Now, if you're going to do this, you would make your broth and potato mixture separately, saute your onions and your uh, garlic and mushrooms, and then pour your broth over that. Or, add, you know, vice versa, add the sauteed items to the broth. Um, or you can use Wonder Flour if you're not gluten-free. Wonder Flour is very easy to use. Um, or if you're gluten-free, you can do a cornstarch slurry method. That's a nice method because you can start a little bit at a time and just keep adding it until it's thick enough for you. A lot of the store-bought gravies that we're used to or the stuff that our, our moms made when we were kids look like cornstarch. They're kind of, like, kind of shiny. Like a lot of Chinese food sauces mm -hmm. use cornstarch. Like the Chinese-American, I should say, you know, very right. specifically take out Chinese-American sauces like like General's chicken or sweet and sour chicken, that shiny glossiness is usually from cornstarch. Right. So if you want your gravy to look like that, cornstarch, if you want it more like down home country where it's kind of like thicker, that's usually a flour based. Mm -hmm. But I, do, I don't disregard the potato method. You want to add just enough potatoes to make it almost like a thin soup and you want to puree the heck out of it so it's a one consistent texture and then add your garnishes. Nobody wants to bite into a chunk of raw potato floating in your broth. So... I would make a nice, you know, miso uh, vegetable stock potato puree that's ready to go and then zhuzh it up with whatever ingredients you want in it. And when it comes to seasoning things like stuffing, I recommend sage um, or, you know, thyme. Those are kind of like the, I feel like if you're like, people always want to know, what is that one thing? In stuffing <laughs> this time of year, I feel like sage and thyme are kind of like the, the quintessential herbs of, you know, stuffing. That's perfect. Who needs turkey? Exactly. Forget about there it. Is. And I mean, right now there's a turkey shortage and there's also the crazy <laughs> stuff going on with yeah. it. So you're, you might end up with a vegan thing so you <laughs> like it or not. Thanks, James. Thank you. I hope you'll enjoy your Thanksgiving meal, whatever you end up cooking. We want to thank you for listening and... We would like to thank LaMarca Prosecco for their support. From the hills of Veneto, Italy, you can never go wrong with Prosecco, whether it's in a spritz or drinking straight. Essential Cooking is produced by me, and Alicia, along with my co-host, Chef James Regato. This episode was edited, mixed, and mastered by Connor Anderson, with production support from David Lyons, Patrick Burness, and Studios on the Pond, original music by the Mallet Brothers. Essential Cooking is a production of WDET, Detroit's NPR station. 